welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. And it is once again Share the Show Tuesday. So let me just tell you, I'll keep it quick, who we are, what we're doing, and why. So we're Brad and Monica. We were on mainstream radio. I had the Monica Perez Show on WSB in Atlanta. I think I went a little too truthy, spoke a little much tru- too much truth to power at the beginning of the uh, pandemic, and that was the end of that. I feel like I was basically frog-marched out of there. They didn't tell me why, but that was that. But fortunately, we had started this podcast ready to kind of um, get more out of the professional training that we had gotten on the air without any of the limitations of kind of restricting the truth talk. So we have been doing this strong throughout the pandemic. I hate even to say it like that, fit in the curve it, as people say. So uh, and the, we've served some purposes here. One is to pull back the curtain. It is called the propaganda report. We have the drive time news blast. We pull back the curtain on the propaganda. So you know what they're really after. It's always there for a reason, but it's usually not the reason they tell you it's there for. And normally I would just ignore it. I never used to even read the newspaper, even when I was on WSB. I only read about the stuff I wanted to talk about. I really didn't. I couldn't bear staying informed. But the fact is, they're using propaganda is their biggest weapon right now, and they're using it to shut down our world. So we want you to know what's coming so that you can be prepared for it, mostly so you can communicate with the people in your life who really are clueless, but you love and are out in the world. And then another thing that's really important to us is to make connections, local connections, human connections that keep each other sane and grounded in really what's become an insane world. So if you know anybody who needs any of that, share the show with them. Also, just so you know, if you're a patron saint, we're having a Zoom party this Saturday. So if you are on Patreon, just make sure your status is patron saint. You can just try it once in a while uh, at, at that status level. And if you're just a patron, that's okay, too. You'll get an excerpt of it. You'll get a taste. This month, we're doing expats. So people who have who listen from foreign countries, or they're not necessarily expats, or who uh, are here from a foreign country, have lived abroad a lot, just to get an international experience. How, how are people's perspectives different? Because for the first time ever, I'm like, is there a country better than this? I might want to go. <laughs> and then I am in the true spirit of wanting people to meet each other in their local community. I'm having a meetup in my local community. So if you are in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in meeting up with me and a bunch of other people, Saturday, November 6th, please email me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com. And now on with the show. Binkley, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> Excellent. That was a lot. And I'm going to about to give you a little bit of a fire hose I'm on the news of the day. Okay, great. Normally, I hate these stories, but they are important. It's this giant policy agenda that Biden is pushing forward. It's so funny. I read an article that said uh, the proposal. This is a quote <laughs> from the Wall Street Journal. You can like this. The proposal, which his administration calls build back better. I love that. <laughs> that they say which his administration calls build back better when we all know it was called build back better by the EU and everybody else before Biden ever uttered those words. It's a World Economic Forum's words for how to respond to the great 
reset, which is also their word. And I, of course, think the reset is resetting our savings to zero, resetting the, quote, progress women and minorities have made in the workplace to zero. It's a reset. All right. But it's so they reset like the at the stock market resets like 19,000, which they signaled. We saw it coming. Sadly, I did not take much advantage of it, but. It's, a it's plagiarism, the way that he presents that. He says, which I'm calling the Build Back Better plan is plagiarism. plagiarism. Yeah, it is it is a high deception for sure. So they also call it other things, the human infrastructure bill. Now they seem to have settled on social spending and climate bill. And I think that's because next week Biden is going to Glasgow for a climate conference boy i can only imagine what's going to come out of that so but here's what's happening right now it really it's really funny so uh sanders sanders started the bidding basically at six trillion dollars and then sanders yeah then it got down to like three and a half trillion and now it's at maybe two trillion and the progressives are holding up the moderates who want a regular infrastructure bill by saying, we're not going to pass your regular infrastructure bill unless you give us everything we want in this like um, social climate thing. But what's wacky about it is they're negotiating among themselves. It's, it's clearly a game. It's clearly Kabuki theater. They, there's the Senator Manchin and Senator Cinema are holding strong on a couple of issues. I'm not even going to get into them because to me, they, if they really, if they really can steamroll, then these two senators could be bought off. We saw that with Obamacare. And if they couldn't, they're acting like not one of the 50 Republicans could ever be bought off. But they they have been in the past. Susan Collins seems like a perfect candidate to get bought off. So, it, you know, it's ridiculous that they are acting like this is some this hard won negotiation that went from six trillion to two trillion with absolutely no Republicans involved. I'm just not buying it. Uh, I think. The biggest things here are, see, they're very focused on spending and taxes, but we haven't really ta- heard a lot about the climate elements. And I, and I think that that's probably something we should focus on. I mean, not, not anything we can do about it. They're going to push forward what they want, but the, the infrastructure bill probably has to pass by the end of this week, they're saying, because it affects some spending that's due to expire on Sunday. So we'll probably see where this is headed at the end. But what I find is that the it see it see I began to conclude that hyper spending bills are really began to conclude people be like obviously but all of our deficit spending and our debt and all of that it seems to me that it is 100% to make sure that debt grows either because it's currency but more likely because the bankers run the world and they need debt they need war type debt war era type debt they get that with the welfare state the warfare state the welfare state are the big things that drive this outsized spending but the pandemic is a war that's causing all this debt they just like debt and they they want it to get promoted. So I think that's what these spending bills are for. And I also think now, like a lot of the focus is on taxation. Taxation, in my opinion, is really 100% for controlling society, controlling people's spending, controlling people's power to be effective politically. If you can't accumulate any capital, you got to work till you're basically dead. I think that's part of it. And then there is one big tax issue that is coming out 
or tax discussion that is pertinent to this bill, they want to include in the bill, quote, ways to pay for this. They never care about ways, but we're in $30 trillion in debt. They don't care about paying for it. But they're talking about this billionaire's unrealized capital gains tax. And I'll tell you a little bit about it. And then um, just, you know, I'm highlighting the features that they are talking about in the news. So I'm telling you what's behind the propaganda. They're talking, calling it a wealth tax. It is absolutely not a wealth tax. No, 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 no. I actually think there are three. I'm an anarcho-capitalist, so I don't want any taxes. Taxation is theft. It's bad. I have No, but if you just want to look at it from a justice point of view, the three taxes that seems to me that would be just are the wealth tax, the a poll tax, which is totally people are like, oh, it's racist, but a poll tax and a use tax. So if you think government's legitimate, which I do not, in order to vote, maybe pay taxes like you are supporting the government. So it's called a poll tax. You show up at the poll, you give you $1,000, you get to vote because you've got skin in the game, you've got a right. Then there's, that's for you as a human being. Then there's the use tax idea. So if you think the government should be responsible for infrastructure, which I do not, then make gasoline taxes or or tolls on the road. That's a use tax. That seems at least logical. And then there's this idea of a wealth tax, which people think that's terrible, blah, blah, blah. But I actually don't think it's it's a crazy thought. I think it's actually, in essence, fair. If Warren Buffett owns half the land of this country, I don't think he owns, he doesn't like the federal government owns half land, but but if he, or if governments, if he owns half of the what's remaining, why am I paying for the Air Force? I'm not, I have nothing to protect. And if he is making all the contracts in the world, why am I paying for the courts that enforce his contracts for him? Why am I paying for the cops that go break his legs for him? I'm not paying for the cop, the drug dealers who break legs for their bosses. I don't, uh, so you could have like a contract tax, you could have a land tax, all of those things that actually pertain to what you're using for the government. But then of course you would realize that you don't need government at all because those are all easily served from a private perspective. And then it, it also says like, how can you have redistribution of wealth if it's all about that? But I heard two different elite people, rich, old money people say at two different times, we pay the welfare to keep them on the other side of the wall. So, yeah, so it is. It's a very mercenary thing. So so here's the thing about this tax, though. Okay, so now we've established it's not a wealth tax. What it is, is if you make a bunch of money in an investment, say you invest $100 million and then you make, you double your money in a year. So now you have $100 million. They want to tax. Say they want to tax it at 1% or 10%, whatever. You don't have any of that money. They have to evaluate what it's worth. And then if you have a 10% tax on that, you have to liquidate 10 million of that in order to pay the tax. So it makes investments, you have to liquidate investments more often. It makes money harder to come by. People need to take their money out of the market, which would make returns go up, but maybe would make inflation go up too. And so if they are, uh, if, if you, plus if you institute that, that tax like on January 1st, Anybody who has that kind of money in the bank before January 1st, they have to sell everything. They're going to sell everything and markets will crash because if they wait till after January 2nd, 
it's going to be unrealized gains. They're going to have to pay the taxes. They're not going to have the cash, but if they sell it the day before. So they have to accommodate this. Like this is a very complicated tax. But what's the worst part about it is it calls, they call it a billionaire's tax. And they said, don't worry, it'll only affect like a thousand people, which is exactly how they brought the income tax. And it's an exact repeat of history. Only it's not just billionaires. This is another thing that drives me crazy. They call rich people, they base it on income. People make a million dollars a year are only taking home 500,000 from the government. 500,000. So all of a sudden you're only making 500,000 and and say you're living in a city and school college is 60,000 or whatever. I'm just saying. So this is a billionaire. Yeah, if you're a billionaire all your unrealized gains, but there's another thing that it says that you, nobody sees is that if you make a hundred million dollars three years in a row, you're considered this person. So if you make a hundred million three years in a row, you're only taking home fifty million a year only. Ha ha. But at the end of three years, you 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 took home one hundred and fifty million dollars, and you had expenses. You're definitely not a billionaire. So I'm going to call it the LeBron James tax. Because LeBron James would be in this category. Maybe he's a billionaire, maybe he's not. But you look at a guy who's a hardworking guy who's already paying 50% taxes and he takes some of that money and he puts it in the market. And then if he makes any money off of it, he's going to pay. So it's fine. You can just say, all right, he's rich, $150 million. Someone who who took home $150 million over three years is rich enough to qualify for this tax. But that is not a billionaire for sure. And as inflation, if really serious inflation kicks in, those that, that value is like in half overnight. Like you really plus they lower the bar. They're not they're going to you're not going to notice when they change it from a billion dollars in assets to a hundred million in assets, because who the fuck can tell the difference between that? You, me. I don't know. Sorry for the effort. So, uh Anyway, I just I'm just highlighting this setup. It's probably the whole reason for all this is to get that thing on the books. Unrealized gains is a fussy, fussy tax. It is really an abomination against math. But once they wouldn't let you deduct state taxes from your federal taxes, that's an abomination against math. Nobody would even consider it before. This is kind of messed up. And just so you know, Conor McGregor makes one hundred and eighty million dollars a year. So maybe we should call it the Conor McGregor tax. That's a lot of money. Makes it seem like it's worth it to get your face beat in or beat somebody's face in every now and then. If that's your, that's the uh, the payment you're going to get, it's like the Roman, you know, the Colosseum. Yeah, I think that's worth it. I mean, yeah, and he doesn't even have to fight to the death. It would be worth it to fight to the death, probably. If you win, certainly. But I mean, it would be worth taking the chance. It's tournament theory where everybody dies or whatever until except for the guy who wins. Then you have to make the value so high for the winner that you get basically that's how investment banking works. You get all the plebs to work 100 hours a week for peanuts, not peanuts, but not a lot, because if you make it to the top of that pyramid, not a lot of people do, then you're making your 100 million a year. It's a little bit like Squid Game, which I don't think you've seen yet, but that has a little Squid Game atmosphere to it, except... um What's Squid Game? Squid Game is the Netflix show I was telling you about where they set people up in competitions and the losers die, basically. And every time somebody dies, money gets put into the the bowl at the top of the room and they're all going for the big prize. Oh, that's a tournament. Yeah. Yeah, one of the scenarios, they have less food than people, so they end up pitting all the people against each other and they're fighting over the scarcity of food oh my gosh somebody sent me a youtube video holy crap of boris johnson who clearly was just like not in the mood to sit there in front of this like kindergarten class or whatever it was kids sitting next to a teacher and they were talking about um climate change and rewilding and you know human beings have uh cut down the forest so the animals have nothing to eat and he says to her and he like doesn't let the gag drop 
for a while. We should, don't you all think we should just feed humans to animals? <laughs> like, she was like, ah, that's funny. And he was just like, he was so clearly like, not fucking, like, why am I here? This is pathetic. This is so beneath me. But Were anyway. Were the kids terrified? Well, the teacher was very professional and she tried to slough it off and tried and tried. And he was just kind of like, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe feed you, kid. Maybe you, kid. <laughs> oh, no. He was thinking of that. I mean, yeah, right. Maybe because he didn't even say the bad guys. He was just like humans. I'd like I hope he's first if that ever comes to pass. All right. Well. We've been talking a little bit yesterday about. The Facebook papers, that's been all over the news today. I'm sure that you've seen it. We have the news organizations all getting together to propagandize the public, 17 news organizations to push the Facebook papers. We have the Facebook whistleblower, Francis, testifying over in the UK to the par- parliament over there. I believe she's going to Belgium later this month. She's going. She's doing the world tour, baby. <laughs> Whistleblowing about I hate wonder, inside Facebook. I wonder who trained her. There has to be a PR group. Absolutely, there's a PR team behind it, and the PR team behind it is one of some of the same PR people that were behind uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And that's what I'm leading into. Is we heard yesterday, and I think it's important to remember what Blumenthal, Senator Blumenthal, said, which is that they are on the verge of getting the public to really demand this reform movement. And that's what they're after. They have these people who are trying to push through a predetermined policies and regulation. But in order to do it, they need to gen up the demand from the public first. So the public thinks it came from them. So that's why we're seeing all this evidence presented in the form of the Facebook papers and the testimony on Capitol Hill today, the testimony in the UK and all of that. And the question is, so who is behind it? Who's funding these efforts to do all of these things? And Dean alerted me to an article last night. Thank you, Dean. The tech billionaire aiding the Facebook whistleblower. Any ideas? Tech billionaire aiding the Facebook whistleblower. I'm going to say Teal. No, but not far he was, off. He was behind Gawker. So then I, I would say Musk and that's it. Or Musk Pierre is not. Omidar, not... <gasps> the founder of dirty eBay bastard. and frequent associate of George Soros. Here's the article. The Facebook whistleblower whose disclosures have shaken the world's largest social network have drawn behind-the-scenes help from a big player in the online world, and that's billionaire tech founder of eBay, Pierre Omidar. It gives her an edge over other corporate whistleblowers. Obviously, it gives her an edge over other whistleblowers when you have a billionaire helping to fund your project. And... It talks about how he's helping her go around the world to present this Facebook is endangering society by putting profits before people. That's such a communist framing of this thing, this profits before people thing. You know who else he supported in a worldwide whistleblowing tour? Who? Edward Snowden. Did he really? Yeah, his story is he was behind Grand. He is the funder of Glenn Greenwald and The Intercept. And Glenn Greenwald did the Snowden thing. And I think Omidyar got Snowden, his lawyer and all that. But it's all... See, the, the, the Snowden story is definitely bull. So this guy's bull. And then on top of it, and this 
I think this redeemed me. I think it was in the order where I was like, oh my gosh. So this is one of those things where my husband and company is like, holy crap, did you see that article in Pando about Pierre Omidyar being behind the Ukrainian revolution? It is going to be on the cover of every newspaper and ever. And I looked at it and it was unbelievable smoking gun. And I said, uh, yes, yeah, definitely not going to be on the cover of anything. It's <laughs> just like, how, how could it not? I was like, just. <laughs> Trust me. So it was behind a paywall, though, I think, that article. And I somehow got it. I don't think I joined, but I got it. And I just, as you were talking, I looked it up and it's there. Uh, it's there. But when you click through to that article, I put I put the link in the show notes here for you. But when you click through, it says like, oh, this site is under scheduled maintenance. And you can't get to it. I'm I'm pretty it's you can probably get to it through the Wayback Machine, though. So and it just lays it out. This guy is a, a, he and George Soros basically were working for the Orange Revolution or whatever the hell it's called in Ukraine, the more recent one. Exactly. And now yeah, he's behind and, this. Yeah. I mean, I I, that, I was like, that totally validates my suspicions about Snowden. And like, nobody fucking sees that. I'm like, this guy. Oh, my gosh. What is with the cursing? You're fired up today. I guess. Gosh, sorry. I'm not bleeping it, but <laughs> so sorry. It happens. It happens. You know, in these times we live in, every now and then a, a curse will slip out. But his global philanthropic organization called Luminate is handling ha- Hagen's press and government relations in Europe. And his foundation gave her $150,000 or gave $150,000 to Whistleblower Aid, a nonprofit organization that is providing her with legal representation and advice. And as I mentioned earlier, her PR representatives are former Obama spokesperson Bill Burton. And she has a lot of help from former Hillary Clinton staffers, a tech advisor, Ben Scott, who now works for Luminate. This is a Democrat, George Soros far-left globalist operation that is backing her, and they're presenting her as some brave whistleblower coming to stand out front, which I'm not totally buying. And this is the funniest part of this article. Despite Omidar's backing, Hagen's lawyers at the whistleblower aid have said that they're struggling financially to keep up with the cost, and the organization has set up a GoFundMe account for her that has raised $56,000 with a goal of $100,000. She's Got a GoFundMe scam going on top of all of this. You know what's funny is that I I always think of like the big picture and the power that all this propaganda brings to bear and that it's all about like the overlords and the future and controlling everyone. And it totally is. But they do always want to make sure that we pay for our own enslavement. And there was a great article in Quartz. It was total limited hangout, but it was really good from an NSA guy who said, Google was created by the NSA because we wanted you to pay for your own surveillance and contribute to it and all that kind of stuff. And it made me realize CIA is like, they say it's capitalist invisible army, whatever, but it's, it is there to pay for itself, even though it works against us. Yeah. And I have one more short little story that is related to this. CNN and continuing to present this evidence that social media is dangerous and must be regulated. The public's going to demand it. The Tech Transparency Project has released a report this week that says the echo chamber on YouTube is worse for Republicans and Democrats. It found that Fox viewers didn't break out of their echo chambers, while MSNBC viewers were recommended a wide range of content, and they concluded that YouTube helps radicalize Republicans. Now, this report was presented by CNN as just more evidence of what we already know. Social media, social media radicalizes the right by 
by allowing conspiracy theories and hate to spread. Who's behind this new piece of evidence? Well, CNN presented this as a nonpartisan watchdog, this tech transparency group, which is funded by Craig Newmark, the Craigslist billionaire founder, and Biden supporter, and Pierre Omidar. <laughs> no way. He's funding all of these projects. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's what he's there for. See, my theory about these big tech guys is they're all there for that reason. You got to get them. That's what I, I first discovered that about George Soros. Like he made his money front running the British uh, like currency policy. Like all, all you'd have to do is know what it was. And he said he got rich intentionally so he could promote Karl Popper's ideas. So, I mean, it doesn't take much to think, well, maybe they got him rich so he could promote Karl Popper's ideas. I think Bill Gates is probably in the same boat as that. But there is so much to talk about. Gosh, I really thought after Trump that we would run out of material. But I think we get to dig a little deeper now. And what we are going to, it is going to be a little bit. Not on the uh, super deep state front, but maybe it is. Maybe this is another PSYOP. Our last big story of the Free 30, you and I both have our ideas about the Alec Baldwin shooting and what may be uh, behind the scenes there. But before we get to that, let me tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR. Does canceling work? I want Binkley to answer that question. And can social media be detoxified or is that its reason for being? We're going to collaborate on that answer, too, Binkley. So get ready for that. And of course, a big thank you to the sponsor of today's show. Actually, the sponsor of today's show, LibertyGear.net, also hosts our Discord server. And he has something really fun planned for us for November 5th. And I will tell you about that when I read his shout out during the wrap of today's show. But in the meanwhile, I'd love for you to go to LibertyGear.net and check out his offerings. He's got really clever, fun things. He's such a great guy. He's a really huge supporter of the show. He's been an early supporter. And I love having him make fun stuff for us. Like, I think it's funny to make like stupid t-shirts for like your family it's embarrassing you give them to them for christmas you give them for thanksgiving and like people look at you like am i supposed to wear this yes yeah so so the one that i love is that is the one where my son who has down syndrome is uh wanted to be a werewolf hunter so libertygear.net made the thing for him but i I made more than one. Like I gave it to my mom and my brother and just people I knew would like be goofy about it and they wear it and it's hilarious. And people are like, what the hell? <laughs> you know? It's well done. It's well done. But it's just funny. And my son like made a joke one for his friend. And uh, I mean, you gotta, you don't want them to get in trouble in school or whatever, but I like the masks. My George, the friendly truck driver stole my obey mask. That was libertygear.net. So there's a lot of fun stuff there. Please support them, him. And, uh, and he will continue to support us. He'd continue to support us anyway. He's awesome. So also, if you want to support us directly, please consider becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Propaganda Report. We have several tiers. If you're a Rockfin subscriber, then we have a Mac Daddy of a special. So please email me at the Propaganda Report podcast at gmail.com. If you are a Rockfin subscriber but not Patreon, I'll tell you how you can get the highest tier of Patreon, a deep discount. And also, if you become a patron saint before the Zoom party on Saturday, I will send you a Propaganda Report t-shirt or mug, which is worth more than a month's subscription. Actually, it's not a great... (laughs) 
it's not like the best promo tool. Um, but I'm happy to do that because I like to share the love and we love your support. So thanks so much. And with that, on to the last big story of the Free 30. Binkley, lead us off. So you've likely heard about the Alec Baldwin shooting on the film set Rust, where the circumstances and what exactly happened is not totally clear yet because they're still investigating. But ultimately, he was sitting in a church pew practicing his draw, a cross draw, pulling from pulling the gun from an opposite hand. And the gun went off or it was fired and it hit the cinematographer and I believe the assistant director and ultimately killed the cinematographer. It's 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 tragedy. It's it's terrible. This was a 42 year old woman had a kid and it is it's sad. Sets can be dangerous. I've been on a number of movie sets. I've handled a number of weapons on movie sets as well. And you the safety aspect of it is is very at least in my experiences, people are very careful from the experiences that I've had. And I'm sure there's instances where that is not the case. But without going into too many of the details of what happened. I have a sense of where this is going and how it could impact certain states, especially Georgia. And I think they're going to try and put the blame of this, and I know they are, they're already doing, on the low-budget aspect of this film and on the non-union workers. Some states are right-to-work states. Georgia's a right-to-work state, which means you can make an independent film for far cheaper than you can in other states. It means that you can get your SAG card as an actor, whereas in other states, it's a lot more difficult. They used to say, get your SAG card in Georgia before you move to L.A., back when everybody moved to L.A., because it's harder, because you can't get cast in projects unless you have your SAG card. So get it in a right-to-work state. And... They want to get rid of that right to work state. They want to they want every state to be unionized because it gives them complete control of. Now, John Ossoff and Warnock, who are the Democrat senators in Georgia, this was a policy they both presented that did not get a lot of attention. I pointed it out because I pointed out to my Democrat friends who were voting for them, who I told them, you don't have your SAG card yet. If they get what they want, you'll never get your SAG card because they ran on the promise that they will eliminate Georgia's right to work state status. And there's going going to be a pitch here that sets are too dangerous with these non-union workers on it, these low-budget films that don't have the proper training, don't have the proper armory people on it. We can't have it anymore. And they they could downright snuff out the independent film industry, which is kind of like getting rid of the mom and pop shops around the country if this story goes in the direction that I think it might. You absolutely answered the why for me, because I found a lot of little details that I think point in the direction that you're talking about. I didn't really see what the ultimate goal would be, but I think you probably that story that makes sense. So it says what just a couple little tidbits and you put this in your hopper that there was a short staff's crew and six people walked off the set. So that was supposed to contribute to it there that the cinematographer supported the Yahtzee planned strike over dangerous working conditions days before her death in an Instagram thing. So I was like, okay, so she was for 
the union and was the union a part of this? I don't know. And 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 the statement that's been cited more than even the share statement or whatever is a yacht, I-A-T-S-E, the international whatever. This is the union that I've been I brought the story. I'm surprised you didn't. But maybe because it's Hollywood, it's out here. It's big news that they were going to strike. Yahtzee, which was a big thing. It was really going to matter as all the people who work on the sets and they were negotiating against the big studios that were in alliance with one another. So I didn't know how it played in, but they were the ones who made the first press release on this subject. And they said that no one from local 44 was on the scene. Now, I wasn't 100 percent sure if that mean nobody in their union was on the scene. It was like strangely worded, but definitely got the message that it was not a union job. And uh, there were a couple of. Well, the union people walked off set and they came back and found themselves replaced by non-union people. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I I couldn't put these details together because I didn't understand how it would interact. So that's something that you've had experience with for sure, you know. And uh, so one more thing about the union, and then I'll tell you some weird things about this story that make me think it's it's not my bullshit Darwin off as all. It's the third. (laughs) So uh, they, they supposedly, so I was like, oh, the union reached a deal on October 17th. That was in the paper that reached a deal on October 17th. The shooting was on the 21st. I thought, why would they do that? Ends up. The deal is a shabby deal and the workers don't want to sign it. It has like 3% annual wage increase, which is not something that a union should negotiate in an environment like this, in my opinion. And it doesn't really take head on that streaming services are exempt from their larger labor deal. It it softens the blow a little bit, but it looked like a bad deal to me. And I had to dig deeper to see that it was not locked in. So I think it has something to do with that bigger thing as well. I don't know how we'll fold in. Maybe you know. And then I have a couple other details. Well, the thing about streaming, crews are going to have a lot of leverage moving forward in the future, in my opinion, because they've created a monster with streaming services where they are being forced to try and produce more content. Remember how they would drop episodes all at one time? They had to stop that because if you're everybody's watching everything, binge watching 13 episodes right away, then they're going to be demanding more content. Where's the new content? Give me more content. And they've created this just un... I mean, it's really impossible to keep up with the amount of content needed to produce to keep people satisfied. So the crews who are doing a lot of this you know, difficult, challenging work, I mean, they really do work their butts off. They're going to be like, look, you guys need more and more content. You guys are going to have to step up in the conditions and the pay and everything. I think the crews have a lot of leverage. Yeah, maybe this is a pushback on that because that's what I thought. The labor union, the leaders don't want to give the people what they want, the workers what they want. Let's uh, let's get to my weird little tidbits that made my bullshit dar go off. Okay. Let's do that in the XR. And I've got a big wrap. And in the XR, I have another theory that is out there, but not so out there that it wouldn't surprise me if it happened when it comes to this Alec Baldwin thing that I'll tell you well, about in the XR also. Maybe it'll fold into some of the weirdness I noticed. Yeah. All right. Know. I mean, surely gun control's got something to do with it. That's not even on my A-list. That's like too obvious. Okay. So let me tell everybody a fun, fun thing that one of our favorite patron saints is doing, our LibertyGear.net guy, who also established and curates and runs our Discord server. It's so awesome. It's really, really great fan-generated thing. 
People love it there. Uh, this is his shout out. He doesn't always ask for a shout out, but he's got a great one. It's a service to us. Remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder treason and plot. I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. He goes on to say, on Friday, November 5th, I'll be live streaming V for Vendetta around 5.30 or 5.45 p.m. Eastern Time on the Discord server. That should finish the movie right before the DPP. We are having a first Friday DPP on November 4th. So he is going to have uh, the V from Vendetta, which is a they wear the Guy Fox mask. And this is all like the uh, kind of libertarian symbol before. Uh, so before he streams V for Vendetta right up to the DPP, he's having a playlist for a bunch of other what he's calling tunnel movies, which I love because we I am going to be the bartender of the tunnels. <laughs> I'm going to be the libertarian of the tunnels, too. So I guess he can be the the movie critic, movie producer, movie shower yeah. of the tunnels he's gonna set up total recall demolition man these are my favorites those are great movies he's, yeah he's gonna set up a playlist oh those are the tunnel movies total recall demolition man and the matrix are the night in the movies. tunnels and uh, he'll set the playlist to run from 8 a.m eastern to 5 p.m eastern then it's gonna shoot into v for vendetta anyone is free to pop in and join us it should be a fun time the way you get to that is just he set up a url to dppdiscord.com dppdiscord.com it's super awesome love that thank you thank you thank you thank you so with that all right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content Monica was telling you about, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and sign up there. We will talk to you in the DNBXR or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Yeah.